Well, good morning, my friends. This is podcast number 551. It's Friday. And we finished up chapter 6 yesterday, but I want to go over something today talking about the tribulation saints. Well, let me pray for us. Lord, I ask you to open our eyes, enhance our understanding so that we can grasp what you want us to learn today. I also ask you to enable us by your spirit to apply the truths we learn to our daily lives and to be guided moment by moment by your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Revelation 1-3, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy and blessed are those who hear and who keep what is written in it for the time is near. Part of our prayer is uh, help us to be guided and to apply um, the truths that we learn um, each day. So let's go back to Revelation 6 for a moment, verses 9 through 11. It says, when he opened, Jesus opened the fifth seal. I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God. For the witness they had borne, they cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge and avenge our blood? on those who dwell on the earth. Then they were given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. There will be tribulation saints. Scripture reveals that even though the church will be raptured, I believe, prior to the tribulation period, many will become believers during this time. Many will become believers during this time. What will happen? Their eyes will be open, their hearts will be open, and they will realize that they've missed the rapture. But something will happen within them that will cause them to, to believe that Jesus Christ was the Lord and is the Lord, and they will repent. Look at Matthew chapter 25, verses 31 through 46. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goat, and he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on the right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was thirsty, and you gave me food. Um... I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when he, uh, and when did we see you in prison, um, sick in prison to visit you? And the king will answer them. Truly, I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it unto me. Then he will say to those on the left, apart from me, you cursed into eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave to me, uh, you did not give to me food. What, excuse me. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick in prison and you did not visit me. Then they will answer him, Lord saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, thirsty, or stranger, naked, or sick, and in prison, and did not minister to you? And then he said to them, truly, I say to you, as you did not to the least, uh, to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me, and those um, will go away into eternal punishment, the righteous and eternal life. I believe this is after the tribulation. This is the judgment, the final judgment, after the tribulation, 
after the millennial reign of Christ, because I think in the millennial reign of Christ is when much of this takes place. And uh, But there's going to be tribulation saints. There's going to be conversions. There's going to be many martyrs also. So the key is to to prepare your hearts and your lives now by accepting Christ, not to wait and not to attempt to go through the tribulation period because in the tribulation, there will be martyrdom. There will be martyrs in the tribulation. I, I don't think that's the way you want to go. I don't think you want to wait and, 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 and believe that you're going to make it through. We read Revelation 6, 9 through 11. These are the, there's a multitude of people, tribulation martyrs, Go to Revelation chapter 7. Chapter 7, verse 9. After this I looked and behold a great multitude that no one could number from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes with palm branches in their hands and crying out with a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures, and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Then one of the elders addressed me, saying, Who are these clothed in white robes? And from where did they come? I said to him, Sir, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones coming out of the tribulation. They have washed their robes, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. So there's many tribulation saints that come through. They're washing their robes in the blood of the Lamb, and and uh, and they're and it's and they're made white. Look at Revelation chapter 11. We see the two witnesses here. These two. Um, prophetic witnesses, they're martyred. However, they'll be raised from the dead after three days and ascend into heaven. Verse eight, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and, and Egypt, where their Lord was crucified. Where would that be? That would be in Jerusalem, right? So we see this, um, the, the martyr for three and a half days, some uh, from the people's uh, and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents. It'll be like a holiday when these two prophets um, <coughs> have died because they tormented to those who dwell on the earth. But after three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them and they stood up on their feet and great fear fell on those who saw it. This is the age of television, 24-7, satellites, imagery, everything. Everybody's going to see that these rise and they go back into heaven. Look at uh, Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13. Revelation 2 and 13. Now, this isn't in the tribulation, but we see here someone else who is martyred for their faith. Revelation chapter 2 and verse 13 I, I know where you dwell, where Satan's throne is, yet you hold fast my name, and you did not deny my faith, even the days in the days of Antipas, my faithful witness, who was killed among you, where Satan dwells. Now, this was before, but we still see that God honors those who were martyred for the faith. Look at Revelation 2.10. 2.10. 
Do not fear what you're about to suffer. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you in prison that you may be tested. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation, be faithful unto death, and you will receive the crown of life. What's my point here? Those, those that were killed before, all through history for, the, for the, um, the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ, and those who are martyred during the tribulation, they're all going to be with God in heaven, with crowns and with robes, white robes. So what should we do with this? What should we do knowing how horrific it is that uh, the earth is going to go through these things? Number one, we need to be aware of our mortality. None of us know when we will die. None of us know. The Old Testament patriarch Isaac once said, Behold, I am old. I do not know the day of my death. Genesis 27, 2. In Ecclesiastes 9, 12, Solomon says, Man does not know his time. Like fish, they are taken into an evil net, and like birds, they are caught in a snare. So the children of man are snared at an evil time. Solomon had a, a kind of a morbid look at life after after looking back over his life, but he understood it well, that man does not know when he will die. Proverbs 27.1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. The psalmist prayed, O Lord, make me know my end, and what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Psalm 39 verse 4. We need to understand that we're not here forever. So if we have not yet made a decision for Christ, this is what I recommend, that it's better to kneel in repentance than to stand in judgment. It's better to kneel in repentance than to stand in the judgment. Turn to Isaiah chapter 55, verses 6 and 7. Isaiah 55, 6 and 7 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Let him return to the Lord that he may have compassion on him and to our God for he will abundantly pardon. We need to turn from our wicked ways. If we've just been playing the game or if you've just been kind of kicking the tires on this uh, Christianity thing, can I tell you, it's time to repent. You don't know how long you're going to live. This isn't fear. This is just reality. We None of us know how long we're going to live. Don't take a chance and don't say, oh, I'll, uh, now that I know there's tribulation saints, I'm going to make it. No, no, no. You don't know who's going to make it. Look at Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 30 through 32. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel, everyone according to his ways, declares the Lord God. Repent and turn from all your transgressions, lest iniquity be your ruin, sin be your ruin. Cast away from you all the transgressions that you have committed and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the Lord God. So turn and live. For some people who believe, well, God, you know, he just plays this, uh, plays this role and he loves it. No, no, no. God is sovereign. God is just. God is righteous. Therefore, he must judge sin. I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, he says, but he must judge sin. Luke chapter 13, verses 1 through 5. Luke 13, 1 through 5. 
there were some present at that very time who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. And he answered them, do you think that these Galileans were worse sinners than all of you? All the other Galileans because they suffered in this way? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Or those 18 on whom the power of Silo, uh, the Tower of Siloam fell and killed them, do you think that they were worse offenders than all the others who lived in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Very simple. None of us, none of us are righteous on our own. None of us will make heaven on our own. Look at Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Peter preaching says, Repent, therefore, and turn back that your sins may be blotted out, that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and that he may send the Christ, the Christ, appointed for you, Jesus, whom heaven must receive until the time for restoring all things about which God spoke by the mouth of his holy prophet long ago. Moses said, The Lord God will raise up... Uh, for you, a prophet like me from your brothers, you shall listen to him in whatever he tells you. And he quotes Deuteronomy chapter 18. He says, repent. We need to know that our lives are in the Lord's hands. We need to understand that we don't know the beginning from the end. And we need to not play around with our sin. We need to deal with it. Turn to Second Peter chapter 3 and verse 9. Second Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow to fulfill his promise, as some count slowness, but he is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. We're talking about the day of the Lord here and people mocking. Well, you know, they've said it for, for years and years and years that Jesus was returning. He hasn't returned yet. And many have died and gone to their deaths in unrepented sin. And because of that, they'll spend an eternity separated from God. And yet many have responded and said, you know, I believe the truths and the promises of God. And they've repented. And because of that, their names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life and they'll spend an eternity with God. On which side of the aisle are you? Still waiting? Still trying to make your own decisions? Still trying to make your own way? Or have you submitted and asked Christ into your heart to forgive you and cleanse you. I pray that you'll take the time to kneel and to, and to bow and to ask Christ into your heart. Don't take a chance. Don't wait another day. Make that decision today. Let me pray for us in 2 Peter 3.18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. God bless you. Until we talk again.